Before we start the show, we just want to let you know we're a part of Bard Rock Network, sponsored by Dragon Master Games. Dragon Master Games is a local game store with an online storefront where you can get TTRPG products and collectibles, including trading cards. Just go to their website in the show notes and write in the comments, Bard Rock Network sent you. You can also support the network by subscribing to our Patreon or Ko-fi to access network-wide bonus content, get shoutouts on network shows, receive network swag, and get invited to our several annual community game nights. Anyway, on with the show. Welcome to College of Whispers, the actual play book club, where we review your actual play podcast. I'm Marty, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Vicky. Say hello. Hello. And today, uh, we have our very first guest of the show, uh, the DM for Moon Harbor Heroes, Tess. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everybody. So, uh, as I said, our uh, topic today is Moon Harbor Heroes, their current campaign, Legacies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Moon Harbor Heroes started in 2019, and Tess has been uh, the GM since 2019. Uh, This show features a rotating cast. The cast for Legacies uh, is Flyby, or Lucy, played by Jane, Prince Butterfly, or Max, played by Crumpet, Lady Rosewing, or Tiffany, played by Elliot, the Tiger, played by John John, Sheva or Tula, played by Alex, and Takanger Red or Rin, played by JPG. Moon Harbor Heroes is a Masks a New Generation podcast. So let's dive in. Um, Tess, uh, we'd like to know, uh, what was your inspiration for starting Moon Harbor? Yeah, um, I actually wasn't the one who came up with the idea originally. Um, my other co-producer, also my best friend, my soulmate, the other half of my life, uh, Icy Sheets, she was the one who came up with it originally. Um, we had played a couple of role-playing games together. We had done literally one session of a, like, home, not a home game, because we weren't at home, it was electronic, but, like, a home game-style game that then fell apart, and... Icy was like, I've got a bunch of friends who like masks. And I was like, I've got a bunch of friends who like role playing. I don't know if they like masks or not, but like, let's, let's bring some people in. And Icy and I had listened to a fair number of other masks podcasts, notably Protean City Comics, which I think for many people, myself included, is kind of the like pinnacle of what a masks podcast is and could be. Yeah. Um, We've had the chance to work with them on a couple of different projects. They are wonderful people. Um, James Malloy, who's like their head producer over there, does really amazing work. And we were definitely inspired by the world building and the genre they were playing in. We wanted to take ours in more of a like traditional comic format to start so we intentionally started with multiple lines running concurrently so even our first week we were releasing character intros for characters in our faces line at the same time that we were introducing characters in our cataclysm crew line and then 
we were releasing at that point two episodes a week, one Cataclysm Crew, one Faces, switching on and off. And then we've had a bunch of like small lines, other lines running through. And then we had a pretty big hiatus um, because Icy was moving uh, across the country. And when we came back, we were starting Legacies. And Legacies has kind of been my baby. It is a sequel to Cataclysm Crew, um, which was the other campaign that I ran. Hmm. And kind of in the same way that like Justice League Unlimited is a sequel to Justice League, where like you can pick up Justice League Unlimited and not be you can pick up Justice League Unlimited and still feel like you know the full story mm. and not like you're missing anything not feel excluded right. yeah that was definitely a, a a question I was gonna have like do you would you recommend like if you wanted to catch up on the show or not necessarily skip anything but if you wanted to keep current with the show you can start from Legacies and it is pretty easy to pick up on Yep, and there's definitely, like, little hints of world-building stuff from what we've done in the past. Mm. Um, So, for instance, we talk pretty early about the fact that Lucy's soul almost caused an apocalypse. Um, And, you know, her professor tried to kill her to steal her soul. It was a whole thing. (laughs) And one of the people who listen, um, and a big fan listens and tweets about it, had stopped listening about halfway through Cataclysm Crew and was like, wait, what happened with Lucy? But like, it's just a little bit of an Easter egg in there. It's not intended to be like, oh, you have to know about this going in. Yeah. Uh, We try to make sure you have enough context in there. And we're intentionally not bringing back any major villains, any major characters, the exception being Lucy's two roommates, or Lucy's roommate and uh, their respective partners. But other than that, every character is new. You're not seeing many old faces, Hmm. um, or the old faces that you're seeing are kind of being shown in a new light. So that was a really long-winded way to answer your question (laughs) and say, hopefully no. That's that's totally fine with me. (laughs) Yeah. The more more we... uh... The more we get to discuss, the more fun it is for the listener. Um, the one thing I, I do like, uh, I, did, I, I liked on my listen through was your guys' session zeros. Um, mm. I, I, it's not necessarily, not necessarily a rare thing, but uh, a very, it, it, it definitely adds to the experience to let the listener be present for those sorts of like introductory, like meetings. Um, and the way you guys um, built the world of Moon Harbor that is already somewhat established, but got to kind of change things around a little bit to fit this new um, party and campaign a little better. I, I had a lot of fun going through and listening to that. Um, and did I hear right that's, that you made like a custom or there was like a custom system for that or was that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we didn't make it, but James Malloy, again of Protean City, mm-hmm. um, wrote a game called Signal Light, which is a hack of something that I'm blanking on. James Malloy wrote a game called Signal Light, which is specifically like world building for superhero stories. Um, it's not necessarily designed to just be like the intro for a masks Mm -hmm. podcast 
people play it on its own. It is a self-sustaining individual game. But also, like, a lot of times people use it for world building. And I tend to find that it is a really good way, because it is so superhero focused specifically, to really illuminate how a world is built. Yeah, for me, it was almost like I could feel the blocks of the world being added on top of each other as you kept going. It's almost like it was rising out of the session as I was listening. And I will say one of the one of the strengths I found very early on uh, as a new Moon Harbor listener is the the group as a whole is very very willing and good at collaborative storytelling, which you know is what TTRPGs are really all about. Um, but being able to uh, just build off small things that um, like a person will present uh, and just adding fun little details until it becomes a nice like fleshed out part of the world it was it was really cool to see even like as early on as it was yeah i very intentionally chose the people that we are playing with we had an open call um we knew for instance again lucy is the carryover character from cataclysm Mm -hmm. crew into legacies so we knew lucy was going to be there but the rest of the cast submitted pitches And I had worked with everyone except for Alex before. Alex, I had heard her work, and Alex and I are really great friends, but I had never worked with her, like, in a role-playing situation. But I intentionally brought in people who I knew would go further than I thought I should go. Um, One of my favorite things that any of my players do is when something happens and they're like, oh, my character would be hurt by that. They will be like, can I take a powerful blow? Um, And they intentionally like inflict things on themselves or they'll be like, oh, can I add something to that? And they'll just make it so much worse. That was Um, one of my favorite moments in like one of the first two episodes. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but they were like, can I can I just mark a condition? You're like, yeah. One of the other players goes, what do you think this is, masks? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just the willingness to, like, um, not, like, power game so much and just be like, hey, this w- this fits the narrative the best mm. is um, a very strong uh, brain fart. You got it. <laughs> no, I know it's what good. you mean, though. <laughs> it's more a sense that everyone knows their character so much they know narratively where their character is at that point and therefore they can say oh i need to take a um a blow for this um just because of how my character is feeling at this point oh absolutely i i I was just gonna say because i've played i've played masks uh once or twice before and uh the uh concept of taking a powerful blow was like in our game almost always relegated to like combat so getting to see it out used outside of combat was very uh, very cool to see that's one of the reasons i love masks as a system so much i think brendan conway did a really terrific job of emulating that it is both a superhero story and a story about teenagers and young adults like there are just as many moves for like trying to figure somebody out or like being hurt by somebody emotionally mm. as there are for I'm going to punch this building down. <laughs> and I think that's 
a really powerful thing about masks and then also about Powered by the Apocalypse game as a whole. Um, I think of like Thirsty Sword Lesbians. I think of like um, Monster Hearts 2. I think of Monster mm-hmm. of the Week. They all have these emotional elements tied in as well. And I think that that is truly one of my favorite things about that system. Okay. That something in like a D&D kind of vein doesn't necessarily give you. Mm-hmm. I will frequently go on rants with... Uh, my boyfriend and his fiance and like my friends about how Dungeons and Dragons and things of that nature do a very specific story really well. But 90% of the time, I think when people are playing D&D, they want to be playing another game. They just don't know that that game exists. And I hope that people do some exploring in the like indie tabletop world There's so many wonderful things, wonderful games in that world to play with. I'm really glad that we uh, broke away, as as our show, broke away from talking about just D&D shows, Mm. like, from the jump. Because getting to, you know, highlight these other systems is going to be um, kind of a a mission of ours, I guess. Uh, Like, D&D podcasts, there's, there's a lot of them. Um... But it's it's a, it's harder to find shows that use other systems, uh, just because the other systems are smaller, and you know the the shows that they're that are based on them even less than. Um, but uh, getting to see other systems and how they work and how they are able to tell a story in ways that you know bigger games like D and D can't do, mm. um, I think is going to be a a, a big uh, recurring a theme on the show here it's one of my favorite things about another podcast that i'm on dungeons and drama nerds um it's a bunch of dramaturgs so like theater um theater researchers is the best way to put it even though that's kind of diminishing all the work that dramaturgs do Mm -hmm. um but they will do an episode that is play and then an episode that is discussion of some sort so talking about the intersection of tabletop and theater typically so they were doing a horror game and they're like put more ghosts on your stage um and like having a whole thing about that um but they get into like a lot of depth about why these systems work the way they do and i think that this kind of discussion that you all are having in college of whispers that they're having on dungeons and drama nerds I think that's really important because people just don't know what's out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something important to highlight because, again, D&D does a specific thing very well. Yeah. Um, But there are other games that will tell the stories you want to tell if you just open your eyes to them a little bit. Definitely. There's a lot of people trying to make D&D do things that it's not, like you say, meant to do. And they're kind of forcing it somehow and making it into something it's not meant to be and then missing out on all these new games or other games that are available or other systems um, that could use more support and be better for them. Do you want to take the, take the next question, Peggy? Oh, uh, well, I'm about to see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, okay. 
do we want to do a fluff one? Should we do? We've been very serious for let's, a little let's bit. Do, let's do a little fun one. Let's do a fun one. <laughs> Should we do a fun one? Okay. We've seen several power sets, mostly due in part to Sheva and her. Um, oh, what background has she got? She got flux background. If you could have any powers in real life, which ones would you choose, or which one would you choose? I'm trans, so I feel like the like standard answer for all trans people <laughs> is like transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, or teleportation or invisibility. I feel like those are the three across the board that trans people like. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's transformation. Okay. Um, if I could just, like, you know, shrink three inches and, you know, have bigger boobs or whatever I want <laughs> in the moment, like, absolutely, <laughs> let's go. Amazing. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, what about you two? I want to say probably either teleporting or some method of like some light method of like time manipulation just so Mm -hmm. i can like slow things down and i can get more work done because (laughs) i i feel like there's never enough time in the day for me to get all the things i want to do done yes and part of that's adhd brain but uh having a little extra time to do stuff like that would be helpful take yourself out of time slightly or are we talking Mm -hmm. everybody pauses I, i think so i think it's just kind of like a pause we work for like an hour. <laughs> All right, we can keep going. <laughs> and I mean, Tears of the Kingdom just came out, so if I could have that extra time to yes. play and also edit <laughs> exactly. any day of the week, you know, that's a totally good answer yes. too. Hundred percent, definitely. Yeah, I think I would choose um, the ability to refill things. Um, that's I've, I, I read it somewhere. It's not my. It's not something I've come up with myself, but it it was sort of like being able to refill bank balances or like drinks containers and and just the ability to sort of refill everything. I think that would be quite nice to play with. I think sometimes the nefarious things you could get away with. That's a delightful line. (laughs) I need to add that to the list of Sheva's potential powers. (laughs) I would love to see Sheva play with that. And oh, Alex yeah, we... makes such weird choices in the best way possible. 100%. Yes. Um, so I think that that would be really fun to be like, you have the power to fill things. Go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I was going to take like a whole minute and gush about Sheva's like whole power set because as it was being explained to me, I was like, man, this is awesome. And like uh, the tying it into like the sort of Jewish culture of the character and um, making it work kind of that way I thought was uh, a very cool move and it just all flowed together so nicely Alex is a very proud Jewish woman and when we were talking about character she was like I really want to bring that in Um, and I was like absolutely and in the episode that just came out um i know we're only talking up through what is it 14 12 mm-hmm. somewhere in there uh yeah kind of right before like, our crossover right yeah. before the before crossover, the crossover. Yeah. yeah um but in the episode that we just released alex has like a very explicitly like jewish moment this isn't a spoiler but she gets a sanctuary which is a move from mm-hmm. the doomed mm-hmm. and um her sanctuary is uh mount Rayelis, which is just Israel with the syllables switched around. Yeah. Um, there's like a plant that grows outside of it that like makes it appear. 
and it's it's bachel and ox, as in bagel and lox. Um, again, <laughs> something that she came up with as a proud Jewish woman. And I'm like, do whatever you want with that. Like, I am not Jewish. Um, I lived with a Jewish family for a couple of years, but it's more a, like, voyeuristic. That's not the right word, but, like, observatory kind of mm-hmm. experience of the culture and that religion. And... I I don't know anything about it as a, like, structure, so I kind of let Alex do what she wants, and every time she surprises me. Yeah, I, and I also, I, I, I love your willingness to let the players, like, even outside of world-building sessions, uh, influence, like, the, the world or, like, established themes, um, and just giving, giving the players the ability to kind of also tell the story that they want to tell is uh, always a hallmark of a good uh, GM. So, Thank you. Um, Before we move on from Sheva, I do actually want to just shout out the creator of the playbook, um, because it is a homebrew playbook. It's Mm, not uh, one of the official Brendan Conway ones. Um, Nora Blake is the creator of it. Um, It is on Nora's uh, itch, so if you go to itch.io and then search um, Flux Masks or search Nora Blake, it'll come up. Um, We've got a couple homebrew playbooks, but that one really deals with, like, plurality and, like, a sense of unknown, a sense of, like, you know, insecurity, for lack of a better word. Um, And that can be tailored to tell every story from, like, someone with dissociative identity disorder to someone, like, who is gender fluid to someone like Sheva, where she just doesn't really know who she is yet. Mm. And it's just a really cool playbook. So, you know, go download it. It's free. Um, Leave a nice review. Nora's work is spectacular, so. Uh, We'll we'll leave a... I'll try to remember to leave a link to that in the uh, show notes as well. So if you're listening to this, check the show notes. Go check out uh, Nora Blake's uh, itch.io page. What sort of themes do you find most prevalent in games that you run? Or what kind of things do you gravitate towards as a, as a game, uh, as, a, as a showrunner or a game master? Yeah, I think for me, kind of the biggest thing across the board has always been small people doing big things. It's always like a group of six heroes against a mega corporation, a group of six heroes against the concept of the police force. I want to tell those stories about little people who can make big change. I think in our current world, it kind of feels hopeless uh, to steal one of the mask's conditions. Um, Mm. There's a lot of hopelessness in trying to make change. I got a metal straw to stop using straws in restaurants. And like, I used it literally this afternoon because it was Mother's Day and I got lunch with my mom. And I was like, you know, not using one straw once a week really isn't going to change anything, but at least it feels like I'm doing something. So Mm -hmm. I think in a superhero world, you can really empower people and empower the characters to actually make big, meaningful, concrete changes. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And I think that's most apparent in Tiger's storyline. John John, who plays Peho slash Tiger, is really grappling with 
what happens if good people don't do anything to stop bad things from coming? And also, what happens if you try to stop the bad thing and make things worse? And it's such a fun line to play with John John, because John John's always willing to go and, as we pointed out a couple times, the players really love making stuff worse for themselves. So, <laughs> John John uh, especially. Exactly, right? <laughs> There's a lot of inter, like, inter-party like, conflict in, in the backstories, because, like... You have Prince Butterfly, who's also, because um, he's the one that's like from the past, and he's also dealing with his future self. But Tiger is also dealing with seeing, uh, you know, Prince Butterfly's future self, who he, you know, spoilers, like killed. Uh, it's similar. Um, similar. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, and it's kind of complicated because things have changed a lot over the course of the story. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a apocalypse catastrophe thing in Tiger's future, like sometime between our present and Tiger's future, which is about 50 years or so. Um, and Tiger knows that Prince Butterfly's future self plays a direct part in that, um, and the company that he heads plays a direct part in that. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, it's kind of the... Tiger is trying to stop that bad thing from happening while Prince Butterfly is trying to stop from turning into his future self. And mm-hmm. it's just a really fun line to walk. Um, mm-hmm. And it gets confusing. There are times where I'll be doing something and I'm like, wait, hold on. I think we just, I think I just uh, contradicted something I said. A, I think we just made a paradox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, it, it's a, it's definitely is uh, it's a superhero story for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, um, there's actually a storyline that comes up pretty soon, and um, that's not entirely because I gave the same character two different backstories, but also not entirely not because I gave the same character two different backstories. <laughs> um, I uh, was like, how can I make this work fictionally? And then it came up with an idea that I'm really proud of and that I think we did really good work with. But it was like, I have to fix that continuity error because it's a big one. Um, And I did, hopefully. You know, you can listen and tell me later if you're like, oh, no, that's actually not as smooth as you think it is. Because it probably isn't. But, you know, at least it's there. Hey folks, we just want to take a break from the action to let you know how you can support the show. As part of Bard Rock Network, you can support us through a number of affiliate programs where a portion of your order goes to support the network. Everybody loves dice, right? Fan Roll Dice make dice of all shapes and sizes, as well as accessories like trays, bags and towers. Or maybe you want to take better campaign notes. Just check out Minver RPG and look at their assortment of campaign journals and tools. Finally, you can level up your game night with tea or coffee from Many Worlds Tavern. In addition to delicious tea and coffee, they have stickers, tokens for your favourite trading card games and playmats. Qualifying orders even come with free dice. All those affiliate links can be found in the show notes and you just need to use the code BARDROCKCAFE at checkout to save on your order. 
Most folks don't realize it, but the world is ripe with monsters. And when you have a monster problem, you need someone who is smart. I came over here, I saw that there was a crime scene, I figured, you know, I'd park here on the... the... Crime scene. Brave. It's just not our fight. We just honk the horn, everybody dissipates, and we just ride away. And qualified. If nobody is going to, to assist David with this, he is going to pull out his nunchucks. Who gave him those nunchucks? Van Helmen's family is none of those things, but they're the best we've got, so check them out on Monster Cafe, available now wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Do we want to do another fun question? We can do another fun question. Should I do the last uh, question? Sure. Who would you invite to your table, alive or dead? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, if we're going on live, um, Joe Manganiello um, of True Butt okay. Blood fame. Interesting. Because he's a nerd, he does really good work, and he's very attractive. Um, not that that's a reason you should invite people to your table, but, you know, can't hurt. And if we're going dead, I think, you know, I'm going to go big and say, like, Mozart. Because I bet, like, artists make really weird choices. And I'm a big fan of people making strange choices as role players. How about us? Who would we, who, who would you add to your table, Vicky? Wow. Um... I I should have thought of this when I wrote the question, shouldn't I? Really? <laughs> oh wow. Um, I oh no, this is this is hard. There's so many. I'm just trying to. I'm drawing a blank. You know when you get put on the spot and your like brain just goes name an artist and you're like ah. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> name name a woman. Name somebody. <laughs> For a dollar, name a woman. <laughs> no, done, done. Uh, trying to think. Um, I I probably would pick one of the big scientists, maybe like Sagan or somebody, just mm. to like have their v- different views um, about TTRPGs, how they would work, how the science behind it maybe would work, and and just to see their minds blown slightly as we do some mad superhero stuff that doesn't work with physics but it works with dot roll, rolling dice <laughs> and just see what they can come up with uh i think i think i'm going to be basic and go with like an actual current like ttrpg influencer i need to play at a table with emily axford <laughs> before i die <laughs> oh good one. oh <laughs> uh, she just the energy she brings to wherever she goes is uh, a vibe i want to i want to be at mm. <laughs> 100%. Just pure chaos all the time. <laughs> Do you have any advice for new GMs? Trust your players. You don't have to do everything. The best things in Moon Harbor came because someone else had a great idea and they told me about it and I just went with it. I'm proud of my creative work. I think that the work I do is good but I wouldn't be half the GM that I am without amazing collaborators. So mm. being a GM 
is not hiding behind a, like, DM screen. Being mm-hmm. a GM is collaborative. Sure. It is collaborative storytelling. And mm. you should be proud to work with your team and see what they can bring to the table because chances are it's brilliant. If, there, if there's anything I want to like stress when it comes to the show is that actual plays and TTRPGs as a whole are a collaborative effort. And, you know, it's not just one person telling a story that a, a, a couple other people are also there for. It's a group of people telling one cohesive story. Yeah. And I think, I think Moon Harbor Heroes does a very good job of that. And uh, it is definitely going on my list for the future. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It helped that in our first campaign, Icy, who was the other co-producer and the other GM, also played. So when I was GMing, Icy played in Cataclysm Crew. And when Icy was GMing, I played in Faces. Um, So it really started us on a, like, collaborative note early because she and I really started, like, claiming ownership of that space and taking risks to take charge of Moon Harbor, the setting. And then we brought in our other two producers, Crumpet and Elliot, who are both players in our current campaign and have been players for a while. Um, Elliot has, Crumpet is actually, has done a couple guest spots, but this is their first, like, big full-time arc but like it's their world as much as it is mine and it's nice having like half the producing team or more than half the producing team on this together because you know while it is everybody's story and everyone is working together it also is the baby of the producers so it's nice that they have some agency in what this story looks like um, if you could sum up the series of Moon Harbor Heroes Legacies in as few words as possible, which words would you choose? Oh, are we talking like I'm listing four adjectives or am I like thesis statement in six words? I'll let you choose. Ooh. Don't mind. All right. Teens try to make things better. Fuck up miserably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't actually ask. Are we okay cursing out here? Because I could change that. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. No, it's, no, it's all good. I love if, that. If, you know, an explicit tag is just a tag. Yeah. <laughs> Are we PG-13? We're allowed one. Yeah, there we go. One, one, per, one per season. One swear. <laughs> now we're going to move on to our... Uh, other segment of the show, uh, Dear Aboleth, the uh, TTRPG advice column. Let me pull up our question for the day. Okay. So this reads, Dear Aboleth, I and my family have been tasked with guarding an ancient artifact, but some adventurers came into our dungeon, smashed us apart, and took it with all our weapons. What's a skeleton to do? Sincerely, Sword Coast Skeleton. Wow. First of all, food of the adventurers. Very rude. <laughs> Who just walks up to somebody's house and steals their stuff? I know. Takes it. 
It's very uh, Legend of Zelda, Link coming into someone's house, smashing pots, and then leaving. Um, For like, sure. I'm sure that Link thinks he's the hero, but to those poor townspeople, those poor Hylians, that's, like... That's hundreds, that's hundreds of rupees in property damage. Right. That's just not okay. Um, as far as, uh, as far as the, uh, skeleton question, uh, get the guards involved, make their life, uh, miserable. Just do some petty revenge, you know? I think, uh, just a little, (laughs) a little guerrilla warfare to, Mm -hmm. uh, get back at this party, I think is, is the way to go, uh, in, in, in my professional opinion. Yeah, I would say, um, fortify a little bit more for the next time. Um, build some traps, uh, lay some traps in there, um, you know, see if you can talk to a good necromancer, uh, and, you know, try to get some more family members there, or, you know, put up some more barriers. You can't necessarily chase these people down, because I'm sure they're already gone. You know, adventurers can't stay Mm -hmm. in one place, but, um, fortify yourself (laughs) for the next time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah uh, definitely uh, unionize with your fellow uh, with your fellow monster. <laughs> unionize the monsters. I would say. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this week on College of Whispers. Mm. Uh, I want to I want to say a, a very special thank you to our first guest uh, Tess for coming on the show so early on, uh, give, taking a chance on us and uh, letting us talk about your show. Yeah. Thank you so much. I can talk about Moon Harbor all day, every day. So, you know, thank you for giving me a platform to spew about my favorite artistic, like, pursuit. Uh, Do you want to let the people know where they can can find you and uh, when you uh, release your lovely show? Yeah. um, So you can find us on Twitter at Moon Harbor Cast. Um, Harbor is the American spelling, not the, uh, like, European spelling. So H-A-R-B-O-R. Listening to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. So Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any number of random podcatchers, kind of wherever. If for any reason you can't find it, uh, go to the Moon Harbor Twitter. And then linked at the top is our Discord. Uh, and come to Discord and yell at me, and I will make one of the other producers figure out how to get the podcast there, because I sure as hell can't, but maybe I see Crumpet or Elliot can. Um, Which also, I guess, implies there's a Moon Harbor Discord. Uh, Come hang out in it. We've got channels all about sex and sexuality, because a massive portion of our cast is queer. Um... We've got, including our whole producing team, all four of our producers are trans or gender non-conforming. And we've got a channel where we just like spout positivity at each other. We've got a venting channel. So it's a good place to hang out, even if you don't listen to Moon Harbor. It really tries to be a really welcoming space. So hang out on our Twitter, hang out on our Discord listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts send up a smoke signal and i'll try to chase you down like really whatever you need now we've come to the uh the end of our show where we're Mm -hmm. going to roll for the next episode of college of whispers 
uh, I believe Vicky did the role last week, so I, did. I will. It's I your will turn. Be taking care of it this time. We have a yeah. D twenty right in my hand, and here we go. Goodness. I got a five. <gasps> so for episode three of College of Whispers, we will be talking about the dungeon run. Cool. All right, that's gonna do it for us here at College of Whispers. Uh, join us next time when we discuss the first five episodes of the dungeon run (laughs) thank you for listening and may your backlog grow ever shorter Thanks for listening to College of Whispers. Our intro and outro song is Everything by Winter Wayfarer. Check them out on all major streaming platforms. You can find College of Whispers on social media at all the relevant places listed in the show notes. College of Whispers is a Bard Rock Network production. Learn more about the network in the show notes and on social media. Thank you for checking out our show. As a reminder, we're part of Bard Rock Network, who you can support by checking out our sponsor, Dragon Master Games. Support a local game store, get yourself some TTRPG essentials, and help the network produce more excellent content. It really makes a difference. Our show and all the other shows on Bard Rock Network wouldn't be possible without the support of people like you on our Patreon and Kofi. That's why we like to thank supporters who pledge above a certain tier at the end of network productions. This month's top supporters are Sarah, Queen, Vera Lore, and Paul. Thank you all so much for supporting the network. If you want to get shoutouts and other rewards, pledge on our Patreon or Kofi today. Links in the show notes.